Welcome back to What You Will Learn. My name is Adam Ashton. And my name is Adam Jones. Today we are reviewing a book by Daniel H. Pink, To Sell is Human, The Surprising Truth About Persuading, Convincing, and Influencing Others. So we did Dan Pink's, uh, not first book, but a different book called Drive, uh, probably 12, over 12 months ago, more. Mm. Um, Drive, I absolutely love. To Sell is Human. I really like how Dan Pink writes his books. Very clear structure. There's three parts, three chapters in each part. Uh, straight to the point, enough stories, but not too much stories that it's boring. Like It's enough to give you what you need. Um, mm. And yeah, this is all about sales. Every time you write, you can always just condense it into like, you know, three or four yes. small takeaways. Which I think is perfect. Mm. It's like there's some books that are just way too much, not clear. This is like very clear, very precise, concise. Um, yeah, love Dan. So this book's all about selling and it's not the traditional... Um, stereotypical viewpoint of your sleazy car salesman. Yeah. He's saying at the start of the book, especially that you know we're all in sales, and yeah. it's not just this this traditional thing. You know, whether it's pitching an idea, or or sending an email, or doing a tweet, we're all we all need sales skills in pretty much everything we do. Yeah, and part one is called Rebirth of a Salesman, and chapter one is we're all in sales. And he starts off with a story of this dude called Norman Hall, the Fuller Brush Man. So it used to be this company where. There were dudes all over the country who'd go door to door, knocking on doors of homes and offices, trying to sell uh, everything like cleaning shit, mops and brooms and um, whatever else. And he reckons he's the last dude left. He's still got a couple of boxes in his shed. Of he bought too much shit. He's still yeah. trying to sell it. Um, so that's obviously one extreme. Going door to door. You know, he's got a, an old catalog. You know, buy this male ostrich feather feather duster for twenty nine ninety five. Um, that's one extreme. But he says that's one ninth of people are indirect, like their job is something, something salesman. Mm. But the other eight out of nine are also in sales. Yeah. And so. what he calls non sales selling. Mm. So in non sales selling, we're persuading, convincing, and influencing others to give something up they've got in exchange for something we've got. Yes. Not exactly. always money, could just be time yeah. or anything simple. Yeah, as you say, just exchanging something you value. Um, and it could be, as you say, anything. And it's. Not always just a clear money for goods. It could be anything. Mm. One of the big points he keeps talking about in the book, it's moved from this concept of buyer beware now to seller beware. Mm. So, yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. So in the past when, say, if you got a, a, an absolute fucker, kind of a used car salesman, <laughs> you know, you had no hope because he had all the information. You don't know Correct. if it's bad. But these days with something like things like the internet and reviews, you can go and just absolutely slaughter this dude. And then his reviews are going to be so bad, no one's no one's going to go after him. So it's all of a sudden he's the one on the on the back foot and making sure he's towing the right line because otherwise he's going to have no business pretty quickly. Yeah, exactly. Spot on. Um, I don't think I've got too much more to add. Basically, just there used to be asymmetric information that the buyer knew more than the the seller knew more than the buyer. But as you say now, everyone's got the same info. Um, mate, I think you nailed that actually. Mm-hmm. The only other thing is that we assume. That in economics, they say that every single person is um, fully informed, they're rational, they act out of self-interest, they weigh up the costs and the benefits, and they choose based... Jesus. Hello? Who's that? Yes, 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 he's probably... <laughs> <laughs>
door. He's gonna fucking. All right, oh, he would come bastards. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so <laughs> okay, he's not a fan of the potty. <laughs> he hates the potty. So we're recording right now at my girlfriend's house, and um, obviously there's thin walls or something because the, <laughs> the guy next door he was <laughs> just slaughter us. <laughs> he came and bashed the door down. So anyway, I think I was saying there was. He sold that idea well, mate, for us to quiet down. So we've <laughs> just moved, we've moved rooms now. We've so changed hopefully, rooms. hopefully we're all right. Um, I think I was saying that, you know, economics says that everyone's <laughs> fully informed, fully rational, way up the costs and benefits, self-interested. But um, we know that that's not true, that either people don't have enough info or there are plenty of things that can play to people's irrationalities, uh, as we've discussed in previous books. Mm. Good stuff, man. Mate, the other chapter I liked in part one, well, actually, I liked them all. There's only three. But the other one that we didn't talk about was how uh, everyone is in sales and there's a big difference between irritation and agitation. So he says that irritation is challenging something to do something that we want them to, whereas um, agitation is challenging to do something that they want to. So irritation is us saying, hey, buy this off us because we want them to, whereas agitation is saying, hey, why don't you try this? That's going to benefit them. Mm. So that's a two... Distinct differences and obviously agitation is the way to go, not irritation. Nice, man. Love it. Then the next, he also talks about how the the trend is that we're going toward more of an entrepreneurship. So in chapter two, entrepreneurship, elasticity and ed med. So the middle class won't be part of large organizations, but they'll be self-sufficient artisans, he'll say. So there'll be a lot more like freelancing and moving mm. in between companies as a freelancer as opposed to just you know, just relying on your, your primary employer for, for your income as well. Yes, yeah, spot on. And Dan Pink's first book was called Free Agent Nation, which I think was like 99 or 2000, 2001. So he was very early onto this thing that the world's changing that it's going to be more free agents, more freelancers rather than all employees. Mm. Good stuff, man. man. So part two was How to Be, and it's an ABC. So there's the, the movie um, with uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, where Alec Baldwin said, you know, if, ABC, always be closing as a top dog salesman. I think first price of trip, um, second price of steak knives, third price you fired. Um, so that was the extremes of sales. Whereas this ABC is attunement, buoyancy, and clarity. So mm. attunement first up. So attunement, it's essentially perspective taking and it's the heart of the first essential quality in moving others. So being able to just um, listen and just see mm. the other guy's perspective especially. Yeah, he says it's almost like the chameleon effect where you sort of m- m- sort of mirror the other person's mannerisms, their vocal patterns as a way of getting a sense of empathy for who they are, what they feel, what they want, what they need. Mm. Um, and so just that, like some things that might seem bizarre, but work is getting in a state of rapport, whether uh, if someone takes a sip of water, then you take a sip of water. If someone's um, tapping their finger, you tap your finger. Not super obvious immediately as soon as they do it, but eventually we get into a pattern where you're sort of pacing and leading. Mate, if you if you get caught doing that, then yeah. it's, it's the absolute <laughs> it's high, effect. high risk, high reward. So that's yeah. the, one of the first things for entombment. The second one is increasing the power by reducing it. Mm. So if you're in a position of too much power, it leads you to anchor too heavily on your own vantage point, um, mm. making yourself insufficient to adjust to the other person's perspective. Yeah, exactly. You've got to um, be able to yeah, give up a bit of your power to understand their point of view. And the third one is use your head as much as your heart. So with perspective taking, uh, perspective taking and empathy are empirical twins. Mm-hmm. So you've got to think what the other person's thinking and the way to do mm-hmm. that a lot of the time is just having a lot of empathy for the other person. Yeah, nice. He talks about the um, 
spectrum of uh, extroversion, introversion. So he says that most people think, oh, the extroverts, they're the best salesmen. You know, they're out, they're happy, they're comfortable talking in front of people. But really he says it's the ambiverts, which are people halfway between introverts and extroverts mm. and they can go sort of either way they can they're not so extroverted that they're just all about them and they're not so introverted that they're scared to sell i guess yeah it makes a lot of sense man if you think of the the extrovert who's just always talking always the the big you know the big mouth the loudest at the party mm. or whatever then on the other end of the spectrum you got the little bitches in the corner <laughs> yeah, exactly. doing absolutely nothing so it's kind of <laughs> like good. a negative parabolic shape yeah yeah like an upside down u Mm. Where at the far introversion, you're not so good. At the far extroversion, you're not so good. So somewhere in the middle, the ambiversion is um, the best salesman. Mm. So at the end of each chapter, he's got a few actions. And one of them is practice strategic mimicry. Number two, pull up a chair and think of the audience in a presentation. So if you're practicing for a presentation, put another chair in there just so you're always thinking of it from the audience's perspective. And number three, find uncommon commonalities. So Mm. where are you and this person find common ground and you can meet and build that additional rapport as you were saying. Nice. A good thing I liked as well that he said um, is to start a conversation, say, where are you from? And so people can take that whatever way they want. They could take it, you know, geographically. I was born in uh, Mildura and then I moved to the city or something like that. Or they could take it as what company do they work for? Mm. Um, and they could answer it that way. So it's a pretty, whilst it sounds like you're asking a specific question, it's actually pretty open and they can take it multiple different ways. Yeah. Fuck yeah. B was buoyancy. So A was attunement. B is buoyancy. Yeah. And so it's all about staying positive. So being positive in sales, obviously if you're feeling too negative, then you're going to be too scared, I guess, to put your ideas out there and try and influence people. Mm. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, and at the same time, you can't be too positive. So he talks about mm. a, a positivity ratio. So positivity, the view, broadens people's ideas about the possible actions, yes. opening an awareness to a wider range of thoughts. But then if you go too far down the positive track where you're having, and he talks about the ratio of positive to negative thoughts, you mm. want it to be about um, 3 to 1 to 11 to 1. Yeah. But if you're the law of attraction type where you're doing <laughs> you know, 150 to 1 and you're just, you're just living on another fucking planet... <laughs> You're not really here. Exactly. If you're doing less than three positive um, emotions for every negative, then you're going to be too negative. If you're doing more than 11, as you say, you go off the deep end. And, but, the, yeah. and the reason you need to be buoyant is because anyone in sales or in Dan Pink's version of sales, you're going to be copping a lot of no's. Definitely. So it's essentially just an antidote, antidote to all the no's that you're going to cop. Yeah, nice. And so he actually gives a, a before, a during, and an after. So say you've got a, a pitch um, or whatever ask, uh, it takes. So he says before you need interrogative self-talk. So it's not pumping yourself up and saying, oh, I'm the best salesman there ever is. I've got the best product. Everyone loves me. It's more interrogative self-talk. So you're asking yourself questions. So saying, uh, am I a good public speaker? And then your brain uh, responds to the questions. So then you fill in the gaps of, yeah, I am a good speaker because last week I did this, this, this. And so it's like he says, the Bob the Builder style, can we fix it? Yes, we can. So rather than just trying to pump yourself up with statements, ask yourself questions. Because mm, a lot of the time if you ask the question, you'll start finding reasons why you can. Exactly. And it really enforces your own self-confidence to be able to do whatever it is you're trying to do. As you, and then as you said, during is the negative emotions during are going to narrow you to fight or flight, whereas the positive ones are going to open you to be more receptive, more creative. But then after, so say something doesn't go so well, the after, it's really important in your explanatory style 
bad uh, a bad way to do it is to say this is a permanent and pervasive situation saying things like oh i'm so bad at this but instead you should view it as temporary and a specific and an external sort of thing like oh this guy today he wasn't ready to buy this product right now so mm. making it a specific short-term thing rather than something bad about yourself mm. so that's the uh, buoyancy nice so attunement buoyancy and c is clarity and that's obviously just being super clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so clarity is the capacity to help others see their situations in fresh and more revealing ways and to identify problems they didn't realize they had. So a big nice. one he talks about is finding your frame. So he had so for Dan Pink he he had a he tells a story where him and his mate were walking down the street and they saw some homeless dude just sitting there and it said, I am blind. Mm. And Dan Pink's mate said, Look, you know, I can I can make this guy clean up you know yeah <laughs> get more um more little donations so yeah. all they said they, they changed the sign from i am blind to it is springtime and i am blind mm. and the homeless dude just cleaned up yeah well so it's obviously just changing that frame from the first one is this guy saying i am blind and people can just look at that and think poor guy is blind just walk past mm. whereas saying it's springtime and i'm blind obviously then people then put together uh no the birds are out and about the flowers are blooming um, and this guy's blind, he can't see any of this. Mm. So that's obviously a complete change of frame. Mm. And it comes up in a few books. He says clarity depends on contrast. Mm. And it's like the in influence, yes. right? Where they talk about relativity. So most essential question people always ask is compared to what? Yeah. So you need to give him that kind of reference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and the other thing about clarity is it says always give people a clear path of action. So if you're trying to get someone to do something, make it as clear as possible. Mm, nice. He talks, he talks about saying in sales, asking the right questions is better than right, having the right answers. Because mm. if you just have answers all the time, you know, you're not letting the other person think. But if you're asking a question, the other person's processing in their brain mm. or forced to process certain things and then might, um, you know, start buying your viewpoint. Yeah, exactly. Saying switching from a problem solver to a problem finder. Mm. So part three was what to do. Yeah. So we did... Um, a bit of it, you know, we're all in sales is part one. Part two was the um, how to be. That was the ABC. And then part three is what to do. Mm. So the first part is pitch. So it's no longer the big elevator pitch that 50 years ago was made famous where you get hop in the, the elevator and then the CEO pops in. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's all these other types of pitches that yeah, exactly. we have to deal with these days. Um, mate, you know what was cool, which I didn't know was a thing? 1853... Uh, a dude named Alicia Otis, founding the Otis um, company of elevators. So his elevator pitch was literally pitching elevators. <laughs> so the, I don't know. If, I suppose that's where it came from. But yeah, that was sick. Nice. But yeah, there's a whole bunch of different types of pitches. So there's like the one word pitch, the question pitch, the rhyming pitch, email pitch, mm. um, Twitter pitch. Yeah, the whole lot. So with the question pitch, you obviously just ask saying like, is this a good idea? The rhyming pitch, he says it always works because it kind of sticks in the head. Life is strife, woes unite foes and all this kind of stupid stuff. Yeah, so he says that like, like people, they did a test on people where it's like uh, there was life is mostly struggle or life is mostly strife and everyone remembered the strife one much more than the struggle one and same as, um, uh, as you say, woes unite enemies or woes unite foes whereas anything that's rhyming is so much clearer and easier for people to understand and remember. Mm. Even in emails these days, every every email tagline is a pitch as well. 
Yeah, essentially you're pitching to get someone to open it. That's what you want them to do is to open it. So it's a pitch in itself. A common one he says also is the Pixar pitch, which hop- happens in all Pixar movies mm. and is really effective. So it's pretty basic. But it's saying once upon a time, X happened. Every day this happened. One day something new happened because of that, because of that, yeah. until finally the solution came along. Yeah, exactly. And he says you can pretty much apply this to any Pixar movie. And yeah. so if you're trying to sell something, sell it in the context of this kind of story. Yeah. You know, every day, shall I go off the top of the head? Yeah, give it a crack. So sell if you're saying, <laughs> I don't know, selling podcasting or something to yeah. someone. And he goes, every day, once upon a time, everyone listened to it on the radio. Every day they hopped in the car and listened to the radio. One day, someone inv- invented podcasting because of that. People could listen on t- on demand because of that. People enjoyed podcasting more along until finally, what you will learn came yes. along. fucked them all up. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was actually pretty good. Mate, I'm pretty happy. That, that was one. actually phenomenal. I've never, I've never done something good on the fly on this, this show. Uh, I'd change that to we. We've never done something good on the fly. <laughs> um, definitely. So that was, I reckon that's a, that's a plus. Yeah. Um, so after pitch was improvise. Mm. Yeah. Mate, this is a big one for me. Mate, this will be your domain, I think. I absolutely love it. So I, I started doing an improv course uh, about three months ago and it's one of the best things I've ever done and and Dan Pink says it's one of the most important things you, or the best ways of training yourself as a salesman not mm. the probably the conventional or the first thing or the, you know the normal way thing it's more about listening yes. and being open to possibilities because when you try and pitch someone something or sell them something you're going to be able to listen and then respond to what they're doing rather than just have this preconceived notion of how the sale should go exactly. you should be able to respond to whatever they're they're doing yeah, hundred percent. And so, as you say, whenever you whenever you say something or give your big presentation or big pitch, you need to always wait and listen. Be engaged, be active, um, be an intimate listener, and think any objection is really an offer in disguise. So, we say if someone gives you an objection on one point of view, if you're listening effectively and able to improvise, then you can use that as they're basically giving you an offer. Say, give me more information. Mm. Prove to me that this is what I just said is wrong. Um, because yeah, they're not object. Uh, they're not saying no. I'm not buying. They're actually wanting more from you. Mm. It's all about saying yes and and yes. this idea with with the the good thing about improv and he says in this book and I'm saying now is it's a way to make you listen better. And this mm. isn't something that's taught in schools, which is no. kind of absurd because it's probably one of the most important life skills you could ever have, and it's never found in the whole educational process. So. Mm. So, improv definitely makes you listen better. And yes, and as opposed to yes, but. So, he says whenever you're in a, any kind of discussion or negotiation, you never want to argue. You always want to make your partner look good and you want to be thinking win-win. So, how can both... Par- you're, not, you're not trying to like screw the other person over. You're trying to make sure that you can both win. Mm, absolutely. And they're, they're all points that come up in a, in a lot of books, especially, you know, the win-win. So, you get to... Yeah find the, the compromise and not win-lose where you as a salesman are just going to fuck the other person. Yeah, yeah exactly. You've got to make sure you're both walking away with something good. Mate, and that's a great segue to serve. So we had pitch, we had improvise, and then serve. So serve, essentially, as a salesman, you want to be improving lives and improving the world, not just screwing people over. Yeah. Those who move others aren't manipulators but are servants and it's all about serving first and sell later. So... With that, be personal and purposeful if you're moving people. So if you're selling something that you think you're going to genuinely help the other person, you know, it might just be an idea or something as simple as that. Just yeah. someone get off their ass and go to the yeah. gym. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, just see the purpose in it. So good stuff, yeah. man. 
mate, as I said, so I reckon it was really good. So you got your part one, rebirth of a salesman, just convincing us that we're all in sales, even if our job title doesn't say that. And then how to be, we've got attunement, buoyancy, and clarity, and then what to do, pitch, serve, improvise. Mate, how do we do? We <laughs> recover from the next door neighbour. Um, <laughs> he hasn't come back. <laughs> so it's probably we've moved rooms. <laughs> Mate, that was unbelievable. <laughs> Mate, we normally be tough guys. But we, were... <laughs> we didn't open the door, that's for sure. We didn't open mate, the door. You could have, you could he have a fucking like, knife. Mate, he sounded like a fucking Eastern European kind yeah. of... He sounded like he was high as well. Yeah, he definitely sounded aggressive. high and aggressive. Um, he could be waiting at the door right now, man. I'm a little bit worried about him. <laughs> Shit. Staying mate, here all day. We, <laughs> we um, unintentionally left the mics recording, but I reckon we'll leave it in. Yeah, we'll leave <laughs> And, and if you want the book, um, just yeah, click on the episode description link at the bottom where you can find yourself on Book Depository where we get ours. Yep, um, exactly. And mate, this song, the last song oh, involved, the, the Drive song involved a line that you uh, just came out with. One of our very first songs and I think the line will make it come back mm. for the Dan Pink. I think the next song is going to be a little bit rude. It's so X-rated. Just, just skip it. Yeah, if you don't already, just skip it. And, yeah. But if you're offended easily, um, definitely just don't listen to the next couple of minutes. Sell to me, Dan. Sell is human by Daniel Pink. Sell it to me, Dan. Sell it to me, Dan, with your finger, Dan. Surprising in truth, persuading about convincing and influencing other people. Dan Pink is convincing me with his finger in the air, spinning around the air. Dan Pink, three fingers, one in the pink, two in the stick. Dan Pink, <laughs> two feet, attunement, buoyancy, clarity. Get attuned to the pink and the stick. It's all about the purpose, Dan Dan Pink. It's all about the purpose, Daddy Dan Pink. Oh, yes. Improvise, oh, oh, bitch. Improvise and serve. That's what you have to do. Bitch. Improvise and serve. That's what you have to do. One in the pink and two in the stink. Damn pink. 